Welcome to Frankly Speaking with Mayor B. I'm Frank Pesanite III. And I'm Meredith Bradbeck. And join us as we delve even deeper into our series, The Hills Have Size. Today we're going to be discussing Season 4, Episode 19, Mr. and Mrs. Pratt. I wonder what happens on this episode. I can't even imagine. Me oh, do we either. need to move this closer to us? Nah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, so um, for house, we have a, a, we just recorded, but we have a teeny bit of house cleaning. Yes. So I looked up Jay from the city because I want to know if they really dated and it appears that they did. Okay. So Whitney gave an interview and I don't know what the original source of this interview was because this was on hillsfreak.blogspot. <laughs> <laughs> so Whitney said, I actually met him when I was filming a girl's night out. He was performing in a club and they caught us meeting on camera and I said, actually, I do have feelings for you, but my life comes with cameras right now. Are you cool with that? He was a musician at the time and I think he was cool with it. Who knows his motives? I don't know now. I think he loved it. You have to be really comfortable with yourself and want that publicity to do it. Fair enough. I think it's a very grounded response from her. Yeah. Um, and apparently she was hesitant to do the city, but she decided if she was going to do it, she wanted to be real about it. So I think they did actually have some chemistry and, okay. you know. I, she said that what was awkward about it is that their second date is actually their second date on camera and things like that, so... Oh, well, that's good to know. I know. It kind of makes me want to watch The City, but I don't really want to, so... Yeah. Anyway. Um, but that's that, and Jay is back in Australia. He is not in New York now, and he owns a restaurant now, and it is called The Original Meatball Company. Um, Lee, if you're listening, <laughs> you need to get your ass to The Original Meatball Company and find out what this motherfucker looks like today. Uh, I didn't know that meatballs came from Australia, so <laughs> Maybe they're kangaroo meatballs. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, my only house cleaning is I forgot to mention last week that the other part of the Kate Casey episode that drove me a little nuts with Justin Bobby was his timeline was really off. Like he's 35 now, which means he was 25 when the Hills started because, well, 24 because it was 11 years ago at yeah. this point. Um, and he kept saying like, oh yeah, well you have to remember like when it ended, I was like 27 and I'm like, mm, no, cause it ended in 2010 and you were not 27, and you should know how old you are. It doesn't surprise me. He doesn't know. Yeah. Because he was on all six seasons. But. To be fair, my husband forgot how old he was just a couple weeks ago. Oh, I forget how old I am all the time. Yeah. Don't worry about that. But, yeah. <laughs> so there you go. If you were interviewed on a podcast, you might get that wrong, too. But if I was on a TV show, I would know, like... But he hated this show. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, but that's it. Also, Jay named his band after a beach in Australia, apparently. Tamara Rama. The only beach I know in Australia is Bondi Beach. I know, because that's where they all go. But he apparently named it Tamara Rama. Now, do we know where in Australia his restaurant is? Or is it like a chain? Uh, like, if we're going to send Lee on a mission, like yeah, we need to know where on. she's going. Yes, I can find out. Australia's a big country. No kidding. Um, one second, please. Well, while she looks that up, I will talk about the um, before the episode starts stuff. We got a little of Whitney at D Diane von Furstenberg, and um, we got a little bit of, like, Spencer is no good stuff going on. Yeah. I get really annoyed how they create these big plots and then ignore them for yeah. four episodes and then pick them back up again. It's annoying as fuck. Yeah. Um, okay, so this is an article of him hitting Bondi Beach, which I think is outside of Sydney, right? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I don't... I'm just... Lee! Yeah. 
Well, wait, no, I know this because the real house, yes, it is because the real houses of Sydney, one of them lives on Bondi Beach. So yes, for sure. So let's see. Yes, Sydney Eatery, the original meatball company. There you go, Lee. We need a, we need you to go and report back if you're anywhere near Sydney. We don't know where in Australia you live. You live, but yeah, but maybe on your next trip to Sydney. Yeah, there you go. Okay, so Opera yeah. House Meatball Company, things to see in Sydney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, and Spencer is no good for Heidi. Yeah, well, we've established that. No kidding. Um, yep. So we start the episode in Mexico, and the only place MTV knows how to go, which is Cabo. Cabo. To be fair, though, I believe that L.A. people fucking love Cabo because it's a really quick flight. I know, but there's a lot of Mexico that's accessible from L.A. I'm just saying. Yeah, no, but I mean, like, Chelsea Handler, like, I feel like L.A. people just fucking love Cabo. Everyone goes to Cabo. It's nothing new, but MTV really likes it. I personally prefer Cancun and Playa del Carmen and Isla Mujeres, but that's just me. There you go. You heard it here. Closer to us. Of course. Quick yeah. little two and a half hour, three yeah. hour flight. But this is also the same resort that we've seen in many an episode of Laguna. That's cute. Yeah, but like, it is the type of resort that gets overrun with 17 year olds for, you well, know, eight we'll, weeks We'll talk the about that later. I have things to say. Okay. So, Heidi and Spencer are in getting out of the cab and checking into their suite and sitting on their balcony. And Heidi says, well, it's nice to get out of town, but why now? Um, stop complaining. And apparently Spencer surprised her with this You trip. know why now, Heidi? Because neither of you have fuck all going on in your lives. Yeah. And you can go anywhere you want, whenever you want. Also, if my significant other came home tonight and said, want to go to Mexico tomorrow? I'd be like, sure, let me yeah, pack my Yeah, hop bag. on the fucking plane. Who complains what, about that? Would you rather be sitting <laughs> in the um, fucking Lunesta lounge? Like, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> But, like, I don't... They're not doing anything, and the cameras are following them, so they're getting paid to be there on top of it. So she is... I don't get it. Yeah. So then she said, well, you know, Mr. Pratt, which was a cute little clue... Yeah. ...that this is going to be one of your better surprises, another clue, and then he says, buckle in. Well, and then they have a whole discussion about how, and this is honestly, guys... If you are dating someone, and I get it, Heidi and Spencer, true love forever, I stand for them, like, it's amazing, they're having a kid, they've been together many, many years. But, if you are in a relationship where someone says, we work so much better alone when there's no one around us, parents, friends, whatever, that is a red flag. And that's what Spencer basically both agree on. Like, oh, when we're we're alone, it's fine. Things are awesome. Yeah. It's when we introduce other people into our relationship that we have problems. Well, because you're nightmare people. Right. And I don't think it's bad that their relationship is at its best when it's just the two of them. I think that's okay. And I think that's true for a lot of couples. But it's the other side of the coin that's bad. When he says they basically can't spend time with other people. Yeah, it's not even like we're better alone, which is fine. You should be better alone with yourself. But it's like we literally can't be around others, yeah. which is the problem. Yeah. They, I have a lot of questions about all the things that Heidi and Spencer say in this episode. Yeah. It's very strange. So then we go to People's Revolution. And Whitney is on the phone as Lauren pretends to do some work. She walks up to the desk from somewhere. And who knew? Whitney got the job at Diane von Versenberg. Because who calls to tell her? Alix. Alix. It is like Derelict. Yes, it's terrible. I bet her birth name is like Alex Johnson. Probably. Now she has a fashion name. Um, and so I can see where I thought she looked like Elsie's mom, 
but Frank hit the nail on the head and she looks like Maria Shriver. 100%. Yeah. She's very pretty. But they both have that like long hair, similar length, similar and, coloring. And like a handsome face. Yes. Like a handsome as opposed to pretty face. Yes. Very attractive, but handsome. But I like that. I do too. Yeah, yeah, yeah I do too. So Whitney is freaking out, excited about getting this job and Lauren's immediate response is, are you taking it? Uh, she told you a week ago that she was going to go to New York if she got the job. And P.S. The producers all fucking told you a month ago <laughs> yeah. that Whitney was getting a spinoff. So fuck you. <laughs> She's already been promoting it on TRL. Mm -hmm. You must have missed that episode. So then Lauren says, Lauren can be very high school sometimes. Not surprising. And she says, perfect job, perfect boyfriend. Uh, why don't you just go and have a perfect life? But I like that Whitney then was like, it's not about the boyfriend. I'm taking it. It's the job. Like, I, it has yeah. nothing to do with him. Like, I'm, this is, you know, fuck this noise. And then Whitney says, oh my God, I have to tell my parents. Which, we'll get to that later. But she, this looks real. Yeah, this was the, no, I think it is real. This was the phone call where she at least found out something was official. But P.S., I think her parents already knew. But, okay. Are they, yeah. It's hard to know when they filmed this, though. Uh, Mom and Dad, I'm getting a spinoff. Like, they for sure knew. Yeah, I would hope so. Uh, so then Whitney says they probably will have some goodbye drinks for her before I she leaves. I just thought of something. Yes. I bet it really stuck in Spencer's craw that he and Heidi weren't the spinoff. Uh, yeah. And maybe even Audrina and Justin Bobby. Like, the fact that Whitney was the one that got the spinoff out of this, that's pretty fucking mind-blowing, man. And the city is not cheaply done. She lives in a fancy building first season and works in the meatpacking district and has like an actual cast. And <clears throat> it was not just this like half-assed, like pretending Whitney as an internship thing. It was very produced. Do they go to Spice Market? I don't know. Oh my God. I used to love Spice Market. What is that? It's a restaurant club in the meatpacking district. I think Tom Cruise is like part owner or something, but it was like very, like it was a very CNBC kind of place. I know. It's, it's near the Gansport Hotel. Okay. Well, that's where that DVF like showroom. I thought maybe is. in the show, like, cause 10 years ago it was like hot, hot, hot. So I was wondering if they maybe, I don't remember where they go, but I remember her first apartment and then her second one is in the village. Oh, so okay. it's, it's not a cheap little show that no, we yeah. got either. So then we go back to Cabo where apparently there is a rave going on. Did you hear in the, the music in the background? No. Oh yeah, there is a fucking full on <laughs> rave going on somewhere on that property. Yeah, because it's probably spring break. Yeah. Spring break. Well no, it should be December. <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe or it's no, winter like break from November? college. Oh, Thanksgiving? Yeah. Maybe? Okay. Yeah, that hotel, like, we got to watch 17 year old Kristen Cavallari like dance on a bar there, so. But in the background it was like, dance, 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 dance. <laughs> So this is where Heidi's getting drunk and Heidi might be my favorite drunk cast member as we'll get to later. Ever. Hands down. Yeah. So she's parading around in a bikini and she looks great, but the shamelessness of Heidi and Spencer in this episode is out of control. She's parading around in this skimpy bikini and pouring him champagne while he lounges reading a book. Reading a book. And she's pretending to be a French... And he took the cover off so we couldn't see if it was like a military, like... We already know it was. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> she's doing this like French maid thing as she pours him champagne, which is... Sorry, I can't with that. And Spencer needs to trim up his facial hair a little bit. I will say that as much as I like Spencer Scruffy... He's looking a little homeless. Yeah, it's yeah, a, it's, it's a, little a bit. Gross. Like he needs to like 
fix some shit. It looks a little gross. And so Heidi's doing this, oh, would you like some more champagne, sir? Or whatever. And he says, wow, you seem so relaxed here. And she's basically just drunk. And she says, yeah, the champagne took away all my stress. Duh. Um, so then they go into this conversation about how they are so much more relaxed without people around them and without Heidi's family yelling at them and without Heidi's family yelling at Spencer and just family, family, family. How many families are yelling at them? Two. Actually, I don't think two. I think just one. Because we learn later on that Heidi talks to Spencer's mom every day. I know. So I think this is all on Heidi's parents' side. Yelling at them for what? I mean, wouldn't you yell at your child if they were dating Spencer? Not after two and a half years. I suppose I would just give in to it. Well, but the problem is, I mean, I'm trying to, like, be in the moment of the show. If is I were that we've Heidi's seen mom. <laughs> Heidi, we've seen Darlene. Um, be, like, Spencer just belittles her and talks shit to her and never, like... Like, basically, if I was Darlene, I would be like, oh my god, you're a horrible person, I don't want you with my daughter. So I think that's what they're talking about. Again, we know this is faked for the show, whatever, in real life, things were better. But for the show, we, yeah. you know, I get it. Yeah, whatever. But apparently they're getting yelled at left and right. Well, but I also think, I wrote my notes, Stockholm Syndrome, because what Spencer says is like, or Heidi even says, like, oh, you took me away from everything. Like, all the people, like, trying to talk sense to me. Yeah. And, like, we're just, and I'm like, oh, it's Stockholm Syndrome. Like, he has completely kidnapped you and is filling you full of alcohol and convincing you that his way is the right way. It's like Scientology, but sexier. <laughs> and a little more private, because yeah. there's only two of them. So then we go back to LA and we are at the fortress. The fortress, yep. And what did we see out front, my dear? Oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I immediately called that it belonged to Justin Bobby, and I'm like, obviously he is at Audrina's house. Yeah. We see this car, and it is something from MASH, the Munsters, we, Six Feet Under. We, all of those we got. So basically it looks like an old timey medical truck slash hearse. Slash but instead of being army man. green, yeah, it's cream, yeah, with a little bit of red at the front. It's definitely from like the thirties or forties. Yeah, very hipster, and that's why I was like, "Fucking obviously, Justin Bobby's over," and sure enough, he is. Yep. It was his. Yep. So Stephanie is going to visit Audrina, and it's early in the morning because she says, "Good morning, Justin." Yeah. <laughs> and Stephanie and Heidi were supposed to go shopping. And Heidi blew her off. And... First of all, sidebar, Justin Bobby's wearing overalls, and I kind of came in my pants a little bit. He looks like, good. Like, he looks so good. Yeah. I wouldn't mind rolling over to Justin Bobby in the morning. Not at all. Not at all. Yeah. So, then Stephanie says that she can't figure out where Spencer and Heidi are, and it's a little tough because she and Spencer aren't getting along right now. News to us. They're never getting along. They were getting along fine last week. For five minutes. Yeah. But, I, I, but this is where she says, Heidi and my mom talk every day and my mom doesn't know where they are. Yeah. And so that's where I got that from. And then she also says, like, we, she's like, and this is where I believe that we've, like, gone into bullshit land. Because she says, I hope they haven't flown anywhere because in my family we have a rule that if you fly somewhere, you call before you take off and you call when you land. Like, what, would that be your go-to? Like, if I hadn't talked to someone for a day or two, I would be like, oh, they got in a plane and they took off. Yeah. Like, that's also, weird. Also, why 
would Stephanie go to Audrina? Why would Audrina know where Heidi and Spencer are? Because that's what the call sheet said? Yeah. But it's <laughs> such a crock. And so Stephanie starts this whole conversation by saying, do you know where Heidi is? And Audrina, ceiling eyes, just says, oh, no. I mean, I, I texted her the other day. But, but she's having her back. What? It's a crock of shit. It's a crock of shit, but this is where Justin Bobby fucking wins the, the MVP of the episode yeah. because she's going on about how she doesn't know where they are and he just looks up and goes, we should put up some signs. <laughs> <laughs> I literally yeah. lolled. Like, that was fucking good, man. Best line of this episode. We should have just ended the episode right, right there. there. Yeah. Maybe we should put up signs, period, end of sentence. So then we go back to Cabo and now where we are at me by Malia. Yes. That is, that is the, the MTV. name of the resort. Me yeah. by Malia. That's the MTV resort. So Spencer and Heidi are now at dinner and Heidi is wearing this sort of hot pink tunic -y mm -hmm. thing. She looks very cute. Spencer is wearing a sweater vest outside. Yeah. I realize the beach gets cold at night. Not when you've been drinking champagne and tequila all day and you're sitting outside. And honestly, it doesn't get that cold because no. I'm assuming we're in like October, let's say, for shits and giggles. And um, it's not that, I mean, they, when they arrive, they're like, oh my God, it's so hot. Like it doesn't drop 20 degrees. No. And with his scraggly facial hair, this cotton sweater vest is, it's rough. Yeah. He does not look good. He looks like a fucked up Chandler from Friends. Yes. Yes. But... Albino. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, this is where drunk Heidi... Like she... if Chandler and a Wookiee had a baby. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh, my neighbors are having a party. If may... You might be able to hear. They're only gonna oh, get... Oh, fun! They're only gonna get louder. So, drunk Heidi is... She wins the runner-up. Oh, my God. She was fun. She was really fun and mildly racist, uh, but she's just butchering Spanish left and right and taking tequila shots oh, and I saying- Oh, I think it was racist. I thought she was just trying to, like, play along. She's in Mexico. I'm just saying, if one of your friends did that at a bar here, you'd be like, oh, God. Well, here, yeah, but I do it in Mexico. Well, uh, the fact that you would <laughs> tip you off. <laughs> she keeps just, like, rolling her R's and she's like, Arriba! That's- yeah. I wouldn't say it's not racist. If only they were in Andales. Yes. So, but Heidi is just having a blast. And it's a quick scene, but then we go back to them at dinner later. Um, but they, she, but that's when he starts talking about, um, the wedding stuff, right? No, that's when we Later. Yeah. Um, cause she, but she does say, for real, Jose. And then <laughs> yeah. she, cause she's like a drunk on Patron. And then Spencer ordered, and I'm confused cause he talks about it. She's drunk on Patron. And then he orders Patron shots and says, but if you don't have Patron, whatever is even better than Patron will work. And I'm like, but you've been drinking Patron, so I'm confused, but whatever. They also have cocktails on the table. Well, but we'll talk about that later. I have notes. Okay. So then we quickly go to Whitney's going away party. Yes. At Pella House Holloway. Where before, or the lead up to it, we got to hear a lovely song about dog chow. Yeah. The music is really weird. Yeah, there was some weird song, and I swear to God the lyrics were dog chow. We listened to it twice. Like, I don't know what's going on. I would maybe give them dark child, but that's a stretch. It sounded like dog chow. I know it did. I believed you. So, Whitney, this is, this seems very real. It is her actual going away party. Her parents are there. 
Lauren, Audrina, and Lo show up. Lauren and Lo are queens of the ugly shoulder dress club. Oh, oh I like Lauren's dress. I didn't love it. I didn't like Lowe's, but I like Lauren's. I didn't love Lauren's. It had buttons down the front, and she paired it with, like, this really big patent black belt, and it's mustard yellow. It's just, it's kind of a tough combo. She looks very pretty. She always does. But she had a kind of a heavy necklace on with it, too. It was a lot of look. And Lo, again, Lo dresses like an old lady. 100%. I told you. That wasn't her packing outfit. She just dresses like someone's nana. (laughs) She is a short sleeve raincoat. She dresses like Diane Keaton. She does not wear suits and ties. She wears a lot of fucking button downs. She dresses like Vicky Gumbelson. That's who she dresses like. A little bit, maybe. Yeah. She it's a white silk, deep V-neck with long, kind of like angelic choir robe shoulders to her elbow. It is Real Housewives of Orange County ten years ago. That's what it is. Yeah. Anyway, I don't even know what Audrina is wearing. Some slubby tank top, I think. Yeah. And probably looking good in it. She looks great. Yeah. Um but Whitney, you see her have her, Whitney has this moment with her dad and her dad like gives her a hug and says, so you're going to move back soon? Yo, yo. And I, I wrote, <laughs> Jeff Port is a dork. Yeah. But it's kind of a cute. It was very cute. Yeah, it was very cute. It's a dad moment. And he's clearly being filmed for MTV and was like making fun of it a yeah. little by saying, yo, yo. I thought it was. What up? Cute. Yeah, exactly. So then they have this brief scene on the couch where. Audrina tells Lo and Lauren that Stephanie stopped by to say that Spencer and Heidi went missing, and Lauren just picks up her drink and sips it. I wrote Elsie doesn't care. No, she like, doesn't care does at all. not give a, a half a fuck. No, why would she? Yeah, exactly. If someone told me my friend from three years ago went missing, I'd be like, okay, what? Um, and then I have to say that when they gave the speeches, when Whitney, like I, Whitney's mother is an earth goddess. Yes. She's like a hippie earth goddess and I love it. It's, I love everything yes. about it. So Whitney's dad gives this really sweet toast about how much they're going to miss her and that they hope she does so well in New York that someday she'll be running Diane von Furstenberg's West Coast office. Yeah. And then her mom starts bawling. It's very it sweet. very sweet. And her parents actually are a little bit older. Like, maybe Elsie's parents are young, though. That could be, too. I would say Whitney's parents are... Yeah, they're definitely, like, lit... I would say he's late 50s, and she's, like, mid-50s. Yeah. But they look older than Lauren's parents. But her mom is... You can tell she was once very pretty. Yeah. And she has this boho California mom thing. But she has the whole, like, hippie earth guy. Yes. I'm not gonna wear makeup. I'm not really gonna do my hair. But she's pretty. Very pretty. Very, very pretty. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Whitney is wearing a different style top because this is where I noticed Whitney has a rack. Yeah, she's got tits. She has been wearing buttoned up, high necked things. Whitney has an even better body than I thought. But I feel like the reason she does that, because I know this from when I was friends with some models and stuff, is at least back then, like, now it's not necessarily the same, but models were supposed to have no tits. Yeah. Like, it's just like an A, B cup max. Yeah. So, like, if Whitney's trying to fit into sample sizes and hang out with models, like, she's probably very embarrassed about her big chest. So that's, I'm sure that's why she covers it up. Well, and I think, too, anyone who has a really good fashion sense and looks like Whitney, you usually either only show legs or chest. Yeah. Sometimes you can do both, but I think she's classy enough that she prefers to wear heels and a short dress and show off her, like, six foot long legs. Well, and again, like, her legs are on brand with a supermodel. Her tits are not. Yes. Like, they're too big. 
Yeah. So, I mean, not too, I'm not saying too big. I'm not trying to shame. Like, her tits are beautiful. Yeah. But for, like, wafy runway shit, like, yeah. they're too big. But so. I just think this was the first time I'd ever really noticed. Yeah. And we've seen her in a bathing suit, so maybe I have noticed. But this, She's got nice tits. Yeah, yeah. So, we go back to Cabo. Well, first I wanted to say that, I mean, we kind of touched on this, but, oh, yeah. like, even her talking to him or whatever, I put that it was a very genuine moment. Like, it yes. was very real. It yes. wasn't manufactured. It was very genuine. Yeah. And even Lauren said something to Whitney's mom to the effect of, it hasn't hit me yet. You yeah. Know, which I, I thought I know was I'm genuine gonna... sorrow of I'm going to miss my friend. Yes. You so, know, we're back at me by Belia. Yes. So we're back in Cabo, and Heidi is now even drunker. And Mr. Rogers is trying to convince her to get married. And I'm going to say, well, first of all, this is what I want to talk about. So first they have full plates, totally untouched. Of course. Not an ounce of food has been eaten. Of course. And there are three undrank drinks. On the, There's two glasses of water and then three alcohol drinks that have not been touched. There's a glass of, I think, something in a champagne flute. And then there are two like mixed cocktails. None of them have been touched. Which is weird because she takes a shot of tequila and he was... He... Because I think we're, like, I think they've been drinking for a fuck ton hours. And yeah. I think it's the point where they're just, like, well, fuck wasted. And yeah. Because he compliments her because she takes the whole thing down in, like, one swoop. Well, and I actually have to say that, like, the speech that he gives... Don't make faces at me. Um, was, um... I thought very genuine and beautiful when he was like, you make me want to be nicer. Like, I thought it was very, like, it was, I was impressed by it. I hated his speech. What? <laughs> okay, so first of all, let's back up. He says, let's have a secret Mexico wedding. It'll be our secret Mexican marriage. Okay, he's being creepy and pushy. I will give you that he is definitely trying to roofie her into getting married. Okay. Like, I 100% agree. Okay. But I think after the roofying, like, the speech that he gives about why he wants to get married was very heartfelt. It was heartfelt for a shit-faced person. He says, you make me want to be nicer. Yeah. Which is good. But then he says, clearly, that's why I'm so over-the-top obsessed with you. Which, given the circumstance, it actually just makes things creepier. Oh, Tell see, him. I like it. I would love for someone to be over-the-top obsessed with me. I think that's so romantic. No, use the L word. Say, that's why I'm so completely in love with you. Don't say you're obsessed with me, because he is obsessed with her, and he wants to control her, and it's weird. And then he says, I mean, obviously, that's why I've been around for two and a half years. Um, you don't get a medal for two and a half years. No, I think you put it a little differently. I think it was more like, that's why I've been around for two and a half years. Like, I like you so much. Like, that's why I've gone through all these things. It was creepy. They are a love story to end all love stories. I'm not saying they're not in love. They're still married. They're expecting a child. But this Mexico wedding get Heidi drunk thing is creepy and manipulative. I disagree. I think it's beautiful. Okay. <laughs> you just said she had Stockholm Syndrome 10 minutes ago. Stockholm Syndrome can be beautiful. <laughs> okay. So well, if anyone out there listening would like to lock me in a closet and force me to go to Mexico and marry them... I'm yours. Apparently all you have to do is tell Frank you're obsessed with him and he'll just go running. Pretty much. So then Heidi really drives home the creepiness for me and she agrees to get married. And then she goes, I'm going to show you what a wife does. And I vomited everywhere. Um, by that, does she mean like not have sex with you? <laughs> and yell at you to take out the trash? Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't, you're never getting a Hummer again. It was also just, it was like the equivalent of the French maid with the champagne thing, but worse. And yeah. I just could not take that. Couldn't take it. 
So then we go back to LA. To lemonade. Yeah, lemonade. Lauren and Whitney are having lunch. And Whitney doesn't know how to grocery shop. I put the exact same thing. <laughs> Whitney doesn't know how to grocery shop. So, <laughs> so Whitney says she's nervous to live actually in the city. Mm-hmm. And she says, so when I go grocery shopping, do I like take a cab there and then put all my groceries in the back of the cab and then take the cab home? And Lauren just looks at her like token California girl and says, I don't know. Like, or do I take the subway? Like what, what is happening? What the fuck, dude? I don't... You figure it out. Also, like, they're adults. Like, yeah. you... I mean... First of all, most grocery stores in New York are not more than a block or two from your apartment. Secondly, you can have every fucking thing delivered. Like, yeah. the fuck? And if I had as much money as Whitney, I would have everything delivered. And let's be honest. They don't eat. No. Whatever Whitney eats, she can carry home in her purse. So... Then they do have this sweet moment where they reminisce about some old times they had at Teen Vogue with the Young Hollywood Party and the Marc Jacobs show. And they say that they've really grown up together, which is kind of a stretch, but it's sweet. Well, what kind of annoyed me about this is that Lauren gives this speech about, like, when I took this job, like, I never thought I'd find a friend. And I'm like, huh? I have never in my life, and I granted I've only worked a few places, but, like, been like, I'm going to go to this place and I'm not going to like anyone. Like, I'm not going to make any friends. I think like, that's weird. I think what she was implying was that when she knew they were going to have another girl, like, at her internship on the show, she didn't expect that they would become friends, like, in real life. Fair enough. But, spoiler alert, Lauren, as someone who's had a ton of friends from work who've left me on the places, you never talk to them again once they leave. So, whatever. Yeah. And Lauren cries, but she does seem like she's going to miss Whitney, which I'm sort of surprised by, but... But she does feature the fuck out of her giant yellow David Yerman ring. Yeah, she does. On her middle she finger. She is also wearing... Some fuck me pumps to this lunch. And 7,000 rings. Yeah. She's got the David Yerman. She's got like a little bangle bracelet. The one that says Lauren. Yeah, then the Lauren one. I'm like, you need to like take a piece off. So she's wearing a flannel shirt and ripped jeans and heels, which fine, cute with her white Balenciaga for lunch. These heels, I think they were Marc Jacobs sandals, actually. I'm going to confirm that. Um, But... They are like six or seven inches tall, I swear to God. She I looks like hot as fuck. She did, but the shoes looked a little ridiculous as she walked away. Well, I was in for it. If I, like I got it. to stand still in that outfit, I would feel like a boss. But then as soon as I had to step somewhere, I'd be like, I look like an idiot. <laughs> so then we go back to Cabo in our final scene for the post-Stockholm Syndrome wedding wrap-up. Um, where apparently Heidi was barfing all night. Okay. Look. Let's talk about this wedding timeline. All right. So we were at dinner last night. We were getting Heidi drunk. We were tricking her into marrying. And it was nighttime. Yep. It was dark. And she was drunk and said, okay, let's do this. Now that we're in the hotel room and Heidi's hungover, they're lying in bed watching their own wedding on the video camera. Their wedding was during the day. Oh, for sure. There was... Drunken night, I will marry you. Next day, wedding. Yeah. Shit house after wedding. Day after that is what we're seeing. Yeah. They cut that really badly. Yeah. So she's basically, she has a two day hangover now. Oh, no, I think the hangover was, was from after the wedding. Well, she was probably hungover after that night we saw her. Well, but she's like 22. I used to drink like a fucking fish and be well, fine. She doesn't, she doesn't eat anything. 
Well, just saying. How do you know I didn't eat anything back then? Ooh. I just took a lot of Adderall. <laughs> just saying. <laughs> I'm having sympathy for her two-day hangover. So then they watch this tape and they talk about how mad everyone is going to be. Now, I have two things to say. Yes. One, I love that Spencer's handheld video camera is so professional that it has a fuzzy mic cover. Yep. It has, a, like, a boom mic. And two, we miss so much fucking footage because the footage they're watching after the wedding when they're drinking champagne is at the 27-minute mark. I know. So we missed almost a half an hour yeah. of this wedding. They didn't show us the ceremony at all. Nope. So... I started to wonder if this Mexico wedding was legal because I couldn't remember. And I looked it up as we were watching. And as we find out in scenes from the next, it actually wasn't. Um, but they did apparently make it legal when they got back to California. But I found an article as I was looking that said that they filmed after hours at the Beverly Hills courthouse. So there was some speculation by MTV and others if they actually did make it legal or whether they just kind of pretended to make it legal. I think the wedding that we get to see in season five is the actual wedding. That's where they really got married. That's where they made it legal. Yeah. I think the courthouse thing is just the finale of yeah. the show. I'm surprised this wasn't the finale. A little bit too. Um, but then I have a comment because I love this. So, and I realize this is a theme with Heidi and Spencer's themes, scenes. So they're talking, Heidi's all excited to be Mrs. Pratt. Things are great. Then she walks away, stares wistfully at herself in the mirror, and we get some sad music and she looks sad. All Heidi and Spencer's scenes start super happy. Yeah. Everything's happy, happy, happy. And then at the end, Heidi's like, wah, wah. Like, it's every fucking scene with them. But I thought you thought it was romantic. Because MTV <laughs> is manipulating things to make it look like that. It is romantic. Oh. Well, I think Heidi's also finally sober. And as they're starting to talk about what their families are going to say, she's probably wondering what her family's going to say. Yeah. And even though she doesn't regret marrying Spencer, they're still married. She probably feels a little bit of regret that she didn't tell anybody or that no one was there or she really wanted a big wedding, obviously, because she goes on to have oh, one. She gets it. Oh my God. We're going to have so much to say about that. Yeah. And I want to be Heidi drunk at the time we watch that. I mean, I'm all on board. <laughs> I'm Heidi drunk right now, so I'm cool. Perfect. Um, and then we get some like intercut shots of them leaving Cabo and Whitney leaving LA. Yeah. And that's, and that's it. Um, but next week we get the finale of the season. season. Woo! <laughs> um, we get Darlene showing up in LA, not happy about the wedding. She's pissed. We get Justin Bobby giving Adrena a ring and we get Elsie and Heidi reuniting. Oh yeah. Yeah. And Lauren's wearing yellow again. Yep. She wears yellow a lot. I know. She's like fucking Big Bird. <laughs> Indeed she is. Does that make Lo Grover? I don't know. Who Was there ever like an old lady on the show that like talked to the other Sesame Street people? Probably. Heidi's 100% Miss Piggy. Oh. <laughs> With her lace gloves and like pink things. Yeah, yeah. good call. Totally. Um, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. <sighs> and that's our episode. And you can find the podcast on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Frankly B. And if you have any comments or questions, you can email us at B at gmail.com. You can find me personally on Instagram and Twitter at Nana's Mink. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Hey, it's Mare B. 
Thank you all for listening. We appreciate it. We'd love it if you could go to iTunes and give us a star rating and review and please subscribe. Until next time.